At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, folks. Welcome to it. It is time to kick up another edition of the Chicago City Cast, as you know, presented by Bet Rivers. And I'm Danny Burke, your host. Happy to be with you, leading you into your weekend. I hope you're happy with last night's results. I could be a little bit happier, but hey, at least the Cubbies came out on top and Chicago stays undefeated at the Field of Dreams. Cubbies win 4-2. to two. Uh, I'm a little disappointed because we did not hit on our total going over. And what was more infuriating about it is the fact that the Cubs scored three damn runs in the first inning and they only tack on one more the rest of the game. And look, it's not necessarily even that I'm more mad at the Cubs because at least they did a brunt of the workload for scoring. The Reds didn't do squad till the seventh inning. I mean, look, I had faith in Drew Smiley. We had a very strong link to the Cubbies, which came through. But, man, I was not (laughs) expecting Smiley to throw five scoreless innings with nine Ks. But good for him, I guess you could say. Jeez, a little salty. Just a little bit. Come on, it's supposed to be a game that features a lot of runs. Baseball needs the enthusiasm. They need the electricity. You got to juice those balls up, baby. Nowhere near as juiced as we saw last year. If anything, it looked the complete opposite. But hey, it was still a cool environment, still an awesome game, and I'm glad my Cubbies got to win it. So I uh, was content to see that. Magical went three for five with an RBI. Contreras, a eh, rare bad spot here, 0 for 4. Wisdom one for three. Suzuki one for three with a nice RBI. Took a little bit of a flyer on that after we talked about it on the City Cast. Horner came in one for four with an RBI. Ian Happ two for four with an RBI. He hit his over uh, one and a half bases prop. 
is the one that we discussed as well and, of course, knocked in the RBI. Velasquez one for four. Higgins one for four. Morrell with a tough outing 0 for 3, and Ortega came in a pinch hit, went 0 for 1. But, uh, yeah, Drew Smiley, player of the game here. Five innings, four hits, no one runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. Good effort out of Drew Smiley. Good effort out of this Cubs offense, especially in the first inning. But, yeah, cool game. Wish it could have gone a little bit better with the bet, but, hey, it is what it is, folks. We move our MLB record to 57 48 and two on the year hitting at a 54 percent clip it's been a little bit of a uh, struggling week we had the past two weeks before this were honestly outstanding so uh, we're due for a little bit of regression but hopefully we can get you bouncing back tonight with whatever i'm gonna end up playing in baseball and with some preseason action so we'll talk a little bit more preseason in the second part of this episode and uh, yeah we'll kick things off with the white Sox and the tigers and then get you an update on the AL Central, because my goodness, this race is wonky. I was talking about it on Rush Hour last night, because it kept moving so much after the Guardians and White Sox had played their afternoon games. But let me give you more of a settled update on that in just a second. So let's go ahead and get into it, though, with a game preview tonight at Guaranteed Raid Field. The White Sox taking on the Tigers in what you should call a must-sweep series. Yes, I said it. No one else is going to say it. They're thinking it. It's incredibly hard to sweep at any point against any team in any situation. But the White Sox have basically been gifted a favorable series on a silver platter, if you will. Yeah, that works. Um, Come on. I mean, like, you had one at Kansas City, yet these young guys are fighting and embarrassing you. It's beyond embarrassing. I understand that you're without Tim Anderson, but last I checked, one player didn't alter the future of a baseball team in a specific series. Look at the Phillies. They've been without Bryce Harper, who's more impactful than Tim Anderson. Yes, he is. Don't argue it. He is. Reigning MVP. And they're still winning in a way tougher division. So don't give me that crap about Tim Anderson. Yeah, I get he's supposed to be your leader, maybe a pseudo-leader, but... I mean, come on. You are grown men who are supposed to be talented. Figure it out. You got Johnny Cueto saying that there's nothing to ignite this team. You feel bad for Cueto because he's given it all he's got at this point in his career when not a lot was expected with him. He's going out there and pitching really good outings, and you're not backing him up with the talent you have in a team that's supposed to be a World Series contender. Good for him. Someone needs to speak up. Larusa clearly can't do it. Nobody can. Rick Hahn's a bonehead because he's not getting rid of Larusa and that ship has sailed because you're obviously not going to get rid of someone in August. This team is a dumpster fire right now. And you knew that it was teetering to that point, but also mostly you still kind of figured they would figure it out in a gross way. But you wouldn't feel good about it. You just imagine that would be the case because with that team, how could you not? How could you not? Injuries, that's one way, sure. How long are you going to use that excuse for? I've had enough of this team. I really have. And I've been touting them left and right in the sense that, yeah, I mean, there's value there. Yeah, I still think they'll come out on top of the central. But if they're just giving up and rolling over at this point, bending the knee, I don't want any part of it. I know I'm stuck in their minus 110 price from May. But the value for the other teams are looking pretty tempting. 
But this is the series where you can turn it around. I know I'm saying I'm giving up. I'm, I'm talking all this crap. And I'm like, well, there's a sliver of hope. But there is because you get the Tigers at home and the Tigers are one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. However, leave it to the White Sox to probably not win this series. They will. They should. I don't know. You got to speak it into existence or do something. It's absurd at this point. But it's got to start tonight, 6, 10 p.m. Central Time. You get Mr. Michael Kopech taking the bump against former Chicago Cub Daniel Norris. Yeah, how about that? Who would have thunk it? Daniel Norris, as we know, was a reliever for the Cubs this past season, and they released him about a month ago. So then he signed a minor league contract with Detroit shortly after being released by the Cubs late last month. He started three games for AAA Toledo. Since rejoining the organization, now they've called him up, and I guess he's starting for the Tigers. Don't know how deep he'll go, because he's only started one game this year. But his numbers look like 0-4, 630 ERA, and again, this is a majority being a reliever. Uh, pardon me, 630 walks per nine innings. But his ERA is still even worse at 690. His FIP is 559. His home run to fly ball ratio is 28%. His whip is 147 his Sierra is actually decent at 367, but I'm not trusting any of those numbers. If you can't beat Daniel Norris, what the hell are we doing? Now, Norris actually has seen the White Sox a decent amount of time. 17 career appearances, because his whole career before the Cups, he was with the Tigers, right? But Norris is 3 and 2 with a 433 ERA and 17 career appearances against the White Sox. Seven of those starts. All right. Still, you should take advantage. Lefty. Lefty at home. You think the Sox would thrive in that setting? Actually, not as much. When we were talking about the Sox versus Bubich, we mentioned the Sox were the second best offense on the road against lefties. When it comes to hitting lefties at home, the numbers actually decrease a substantial amount. Now, they're still good, but they're not as great. And it's just so odd as to why they're not playing that well at home at guaranteed rate field. I mean, seldom do you see a team perform better on the road than they are at home with all their stats. I mean, and the same goes for the pitchers. A lot of their pitchers are not doing that well at home. I don't know what's going on with this team. Bad mojo, bad vibes, bad voodoo, cursed, whatever you want to call it, all around. But again, the lefties at home for the White Sox, the stat line is 737 OPS. 322 weighted on base average, and then a weighted runs created plus of 111. Again, it's fine numbers, but in comparison to how you're hitting lefties on the road, it's a huge gap. Now, for the White Sox, they're throwing out Michael Kopech tonight. You don't really have that much faith in Kopech. We know he's incredibly volatile. And we know his underlying stats for quite some time have been telling you that disasters could be looming. And his last start was one of those. He only lasted 3.1 innings. And that was at Texas, where he's from. Five hits allowed, four earned runs. Sox lost that game 8-0. Now, overall this season, speaking of those numbers, Kopech has a record of 4-8 and and a 3.38 ERA and a 123 whip. So you're like, Danny, what are you talking about? His numbers are fine. I can trust Kopech. Can you, though? Because if we want to look at the true indicator of what his ERA should be, his FIP and or his Sierra, it's not that good. 
His FIP is at 463. That's a red flag when you have that much of a difference from your ERA to your FIP. His Sierra is even higher at 483. And he's walking about four and a half guys per nine innings pitch. Do you want to be under four? He's at four and a half. Well, maybe he pitches better at home, right? No, we just told you they don't play better at home. Yes, his ERA is great at home, 314. His Woba is solid at 262. But ding, 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 look at the FIP. And his FIP at guaranteed rate field is 490. What the hell is going on with Michael Kopech? His FIP on the road is not great, but it's better at 434. Man, oh man. Kopech is a roller coaster, it seems. But you already knew that. If there's some good news to take out of this, though, it's that Kopech has done fairly well against the Tigers this year. His first start of the season was at Detroit, and there he went four innings pitched, allowed just two hits and one earned run, tallied up three strikeouts. The Sox won that game 10-1. to Then his last start versus the Tigers actually came on my birthday, July 10th. Uh, 5.1 innings pitched, four hits, allowed two earned runs. Four strikeouts, Sox won that game 4-2. So hey, maybe he's got some good luck coming his way against the Tigers. Only one Tigers player has gotten more than one hit against Kopech. Victor Reyes, 2-5. for Everybody else is one hit or less. At least that's what ESPN is showing me. And even if Kopech isn't on his A game, does he need to be? Does he need to be against his Tigers team that is dead last, hitting righties on the road? Folks, you still may be saying, yeah, he needs to be. But it's pretty brutal, the numbers by the Tigers here. Against righties on the road, Detroit's OPS is a lowly 539. They're Woba, 242. Remember, the Sox, not as good at home versus lefties, but their OPS is 737, and their Woba is 322. Detroit on the road versus righties, 539 OPS and a 242 Woba. Big difference there, folks. And don't forget the White Sox weighted runs created plus 111. Now for the Tigers, drum roll please. Versus righties on the road, weighted runs created plus. How bad could it be? 54, 50 freaking four weighted runs created plus for the Detroit Tigers against righties on the road. Oh my goodness. That is horrid. That is beyond horrid. The next closest team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, against righties on the road, have a weighted runs created plus of 73. And that's terrible. But the Tigers are 19 points less. Yikes, folks. Big time yikes. So if the Sox can't win this game tonight... Burn this season to the ground. I mean it. I genuinely mean that. Stop getting your hopes up. Stop watching the games. It won't be worth it. You'll just keep getting aggravated, raise your blood levels, and be disappointed. But hey, if you want to fade them, maybe you can do that if you've already given up. The betting market seems to think there's a chance they could lose or maybe that they shouldn't be that big of a favorite. I opened the White Sox up minus $2. The Tigers plus 175 And I made this total 8.5. It's going to be in the 70s today. Wind's blowing in a little bit. Bet Rivers opened up the White Sox minus 233. And Detroit plus 195. We're on the same page with the total. Both had it 8.5. Chicago should be a $2 favorite or better. 
And you know what? They should open up 233 in this spot. But based on what we have seen lately, based on what we know this team is capable of doing in the negative sense and against division foes, they shouldn't be a 233 favorite. And the betting market agrees because now it's down to 225 at Bet Rivers. The Tigers now catching plus 185. Totals tick down from 8.5 to 8. Minus 110 to the over, minus 108 to the under. Run line for the Tigers, if you want to take the run in the hook, it's minus 114. If you want to lay the run line with the White Sox, you also got to lay minus 105. Bullpen-wise, Tigers have a solid bullpen, folks. 320 ERA and a 122 whip. That's really the only silver lining of this season. You know the White Sox have a terrible bullpen. 4-0-2 ERA with a 131 whip. Probably got to consider something in the first five if you want the White Sox, right? Now, realistically, they should win this game. And that's the only side I would look to play, meaning like the run line with the White Sox. If you want to do the lead after the first five innings, the White Sox are minus 141 because the money line first five, it's minus 210, which, of course, is egregious. I don't think I'm going to get involved in this game. Nor should you, to be quite frank. I mean, look, if you have conviction, if you have an angle, go for it. I'm just saying the White Sox are in such a peculiar spot right now that I think they don't know their own identity, and they've admitted they need that spark to be ignited. How do you do that? If Tim Anderson is there, no one's going to do it. The only way you can do it is by firing the senior citizen who's on your bench. You're not going to do that. So what the hell happens now? Nothing. You just sulk in sadness, sorrow, and struggles. Game after game, no comfortable wins, no dominant offense. The only great pitching you get is from Dylan Cease, and you still get good pitching from Johnny Cueto. Lance Lynn's having his worst year. Kopech's finally hitting a bad spurt. You're throwing guys out there who you don't want to be thrown out there. Oh, it's because he didn't get anybody in the trade deadline. This team has no enthusiasm or fight to win. You need to spark something. They have yet to do it. But maybe knowing the Tigers came into town, maybe knowing they have to win this, have a players-only meeting at least or something. Chicago does lead the season series against Detroit 7-3. If they can't win this series, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So this gets interesting, though, because of this series. And that's because of what the other competing teams in the AL Central have in front of them. So I want to just go over this. I'm going to pull up what I discussed yesterday on Rush Hour. So when I was making my rundown for Rush Hour, I was planning on talking about the AL Central and their odds, right? And this was before you knew the result of the Guardians game during the afternoon and the White Sox game during the afternoon. So when I was originally writing it, The Twins were a game back. The White Sox were two and a half games back. The Guardians were in the lead, okay? And at that point, you could still get the Guardians two to one, and they're leading the division. Look, I have not been high on the Guardians all year, but if they're giving you a two to one with a team that's in first and a struggling White Sox team that's pretty evident and a Twins team that I just think is inevitably going to falter, which they have, yeah, hard to ignore that. The Sox were at plus 175. And then the Twins, plus 150. This is really the only 
awesome race going on still in Major League Baseball in terms of divisions. Yeah, nothing else is close. At all. And you're still getting plus money for all three. It's fascinating. So anyways, Twins plus 150, Sox plus 175, Guardians 2-1 to one before their games today, meaning before Cleveland's and Chicago's games. So the Sox lose 5-3 at Kansas City. Disgusting. They lose 3 out of 4 at KC. The Guardians defeated the Tigers 4-3 in 10 innings. So immediately then, after the Sox game and before my show started, I look at Bet Rivers and I go, okay, where did these odds shift to? So immediately the Twins remained at plus 150. And now they're a game and a half back after that Guardians win, right? The White Sox now are three and a half games back. They go to plus 185, and the Guardians move from 2-1 to to plus 175. So that was the initial movement, okay? Twins didn't budge. The Guardians moved from 2-1 to to plus 175, and then the Sox moved 10 cents down to plus 185. So before I'm about to actually talk about it then, because we push it a little bit later in the segment, I refresh the page once again. And then this is where it moved to, which is currently where it's at. The Guardians went from, in the span of one day, 2-1 to to plus 175, now to plus 135 as your division short shot. And rightfully so. I would not dispute that. It's just a bummer because they could have got 2-1 to yesterday. The Twins opened the day at plus 150. Now they are at plus 180. The Sox opened the day at plus 175. Now the Chicago White Sox are back in the realm of 2-1 to to win the AL Central. Three and a half games back. What do you do now? If you had the White Sox like me at like minus 110 or a little bit of plus money, do you look to hedge with another team? If you haven't gotten involved, do you think 2-1 to is too hard to pass up with the White Sox? The Guardians at plus 135, folks, they got a game and a half lead. They're looking like the most steady team right now. How do you not take that? I wouldn't argue it. Even the Twins a game and a half back, but I'm not the biggest on the Twins as of this moment. I was more than the Guardians, but now things have shifted a little bit. But before you make any immediate decisions, let's consider who their next opponents are. So coming up for the Guardians, even though they're a game and a half ahead, and they still have plus money, I think you can wait on the Guardians right now. Not the most favorable series for Cleveland. They're on the road for three games at Toronto against the Blue Jays. They're outmatched when it comes to going on the road against the Blue Jays. Doesn't mean they can't win a couple, but let's be honest, Toronto is the better team. So they could slack a little bit. Maybe you get a little bit of better value on Cleveland. All right? The Sox, we know, next series is at home versus Detroit. They could easily get back into this thing if the Guardians lose two out of three and the Sox can sweep. That changes the game. Value on the White Sox will alter. The Twins. This is a tricky spot for the Twins. They should have a favorable outing here, but I don't know. Minnesota's in a weird spot, it seems. They are on the road at the Los Angeles Angels for the next three games. Should they take that series? Yes. Will they? I really don't know what to think. But these odds are going to keep shifting, honestly. And you look at fan graphs when we talk about the strength of schedule. 
The White Sox still have the easiest strength of schedule with a 483. The Guardians and the Twins are both at 494. Now, how about the percentage, the chances really, that they make the playoffs? Because Fangraphs does this as well. We talked about it at the All-Star break. So the Sox are three and a half games back now, right? They have a 33% chance to make the playoffs. I believe it was over 50 when we were starting the second half. Funny how things change. They have not taken advantage of the favorable schedule. The Twins, a game and a half back, now have a 50.5% chance to make the playoffs. And the Cleveland Guardians, at the top, have a 59% chance to make the playoffs. Yesterday it was 53%, now it's 59 The Twins were at 50.5%, it stays there. The White Sox were at 40.4%, now they're down to 33 So basically what I'm saying is if you think the Guardians can maintain their success, even against Toronto, then maybe you jump in on them now. However, if you think they will struggle against Toronto, which I'm leaning toward that, I would wait. I would wait till after this weekend. Let's revisit this on Monday and then see where the odds are. That's going to be incredibly intriguing, and that could be where we end up pulling the trigger. But keep monitoring this. You don't have that much time left, but the only division to where you're still getting plus money and where the race is inevitably going to come down to the wire. Okay, quick break here, folks. We'll come back, talk some NFL preseason football as we send you into your weekend. It is the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. How about them Bears? Can they handle business against KC? We'll discuss that next. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three-leg, same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Let's take a step onto the gridiron next, folks, here on the Chicago City Cast. Danny Burke, your host. If you weren't watching the Field of Dreams, which I was doing the whole night, you may have been watching some Thursday night NFL preseason action. The Giants overcame the Patriots 23-21. Shout out our guy, VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. Came on rush hour, went up against his Patriots, took the Giants on the money line, and it came through. Close game. Patriots had a lot of bad news this week throughout preseason, so people were looking to fade them. And if you did, well, you cashed in a ticket as long as you just bet money line, because I think the spread was like two and a half. So, uh, yeah, bad beat in that regard if you were laying it. Nevertheless, we had another game that uh, didn't really get impacted by the spread as much. The Ravens and Harbaugh just continued their damn success throughout preseason. I think he's like 21-0 and and week one preseason they won 23 to 10 against the titans i mean it doesn't matter what it is the spread was like four four and a half they win by 13 
it's just different here. Whose slogan is that? I don't know. It's some. Is that the, that's the Cubs slogan? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just different here. That's what it is for the Ravens in the preseason. It's just different here. We care about preseason. Yeah, that's their traveling slogan when you come to preseason games. But shout out to Harbaugh. He has been a cash cow when it comes to betting on him during the preseason. As for tonight, you got a handful of games. You got five games. 5 p.m. Central time is your first one with the Falcons and the Lions. So that'll be fun to see the recap of that on next week's edition of Hard Knocks. The Browns and Jags at 6. Cardinals at the Bengals at 6.30. Eagles hosting the Jets also at 6.30. And then the late game, which I think is the most fascinating one, uh, the 49ers and Packers in San Fran at 7.30. So let's get you updated on some of these lines. Let me pull them up really quick. But uh, we'll also get into that Bears and Chiefs game tomorrow in another game that I did bet uh, the other day. But we haven't discussed it here on the CityCast. We talked about it on Rush Hour. So if you go to VEASAN.com, the magnificent thing that VEASAN does is give you opening odds and where they've shifted at various different outlets. So you could go under the NFL tab and you could see where these lines open and where they've moved. For Atlanta and Detroit, the Falcons open minus one and a half, total open 33. Detroit has now moved to a two, two and a half point favorite depending on where you shop. At Bet Rivers specifically though, the lines are laying two and a half and the total is bumped up to 35 and a half. Money line as Detroit minus 136 and the Falcons plus 110. Got to think uh got to think they got a little bit of the hard knocks boost in that market. Not that that actually affects it that much, but I'm sure everybody watches it and is wanting to bet them. You saw the intensity, you saw how much this matters to Dan Campbell already doing full pads in practice. Honestly, even if I didn't watch it, I'd probably look toward the lines regardless because Campbell just seems like a guy who wants to win at any cost in any situation. And Atlanta's going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I don't care that it's preseason. I think it translates there. But, you know, they have a couple quarterbacks who still could be trying. So I could see why that nod would go uh, toward Atlanta. But uh, I'll give the nod to Detroit overall in a slight win. I would take money line with them. And, yeah, I agree with the movement to the over. But now that it shifted a couple points, I wouldn't touch it. Cleveland and Jacksonville. Any feeling here? Deshaun Watson, I guess, is going to play, right? I don't know. Uh, the Jags open one and a half. Now it's at a pick in a lot of spots. Total open 35. It's moved to 36 and a half at Bet Rivers. At least at Bet Rivers, the Jags still are minus one and a half. They're minus 121 on the money line. Browns even money on the buyback. No feel in this game i may be a slight lean to the jags just because they've already played one game and the browns still filled with a lot of distractions but yeah i don't know you gotta think jacoby Brissett's gonna get a lot of reps so i don't know that, that one's just gross i'd stay away from it same with this next one Bengals and cardinals currently since he's a point and a half favorite totals at 31 and a half since he opened up as a two-point favorite so a little bit of love coming toward the cardinals Total opened up 33 and a half, so the under's gotten some love as well. We're talking with host of the Philadelphia CityCast, Ryan Rothstein, on Wednesday night. Eagles and Jets, he didn't have too strong of a feel, but the Jets now have moved to a one and a half point favorite. Money line's minus 110 each way. Total at 35 and a half. Now for this game, the Jets opened up as a three-point favorite. Then this thing swung toward Philly. Now it's swung back. So it's kind of gone all over the place. Total open at 33. It's moved up to 35 and a half, like we said. And 
Uh, Love went for the Eagles, but now it seems like there's a little bit of buyback on the Jets. I don't know. This thing's gone back and forth. But you got a lot of young guys on the Jets who need to go prove their worth on this roster. But you also have an Eagles team that is in unfamiliar territory in the sense that they have new acquisitions. It's only the second year with Sirianni. Hertz needs to get some reps still as a young quarterback. Maybe they'll be putting their guys out there a decent amount of time. So I'd lean toward the Eagles. I, again, get why the total went to the over, but nothing worth the bet in my mind. Packers 49ers. This is a game I was almost going to get involved with. And I was almost going to look toward the over and or the 49ers. Currently at Bet Rivers, the 49ers are laying two and a half. They're also laying minus 139 on the money line. The Packers plus 117. And like we said, the total 35 and a half. At least I think I mentioned it. Um, The Packers and 49ers had this total open at 33 in the hook. The 49ers opened up as a point favorite. So uh, the sharp money has gone toward the over and the 49ers. I would only bet the 49ers money line here. Look, this is a team that has a lot of working parts. Does San Francisco. You have an unproven quarterback who needs more reps than anybody considering he didn't play heading into the NFL last year. What, he had a year off from college. And then he played like, what, two or three games in the NFL. Didn't really prove too much in my mind, in a lot of people's mind. And now he's going to take over this team full-time. Yeah, he's going to need a lot of reps. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need a lot of reps. The new receivers on the team, sure. And you got Jordan Love, who's been in this spot before. But we still don't even know how good Jordan Love is. So it's basically going to be a backup in Jordan Love versus the potential starter in Trey Lance. I don't know how long Trey Lance is actually going to go. But if you're looking at it from that scope... Yeah, the 49ers should be the favorite, and I think they win this game. So this was a really strong lean to the 49ers, but ultimately I ended up staying away. And then moving on to Saturday, where the Bears have their first preseason game at home at Soldier Field against the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, uh, this is tough. I got involved with the Bears. I mentioned this on Tuesday and a little bit yesterday, but I bet the Bears when they were three and a half point favorites. This is me putting on my dunce cap here. And I laid minus 165 on the money line. I'm saying they were three and a half point favorites at that time. I bet minus 165 because I didn't want to lay the spread. The reason I did that, assuming Justin Fields would probably get more reps along with some of the other first teamers compared to the Chiefs, who this game doesn't mean anything to. The Bears still have a young team, new coaching staff who want to go out there and prove that they can make a good impression right away and they can win regardless of the circumstances. And you're at home. I know it's not a home field advantage, but you just want to show out a little bit more. When you're a first-year head coach, like your complete first time coaching as your head coach, like you can look at Doug Peterson. We did this example. Josh McDaniels had coached with the Broncos, but it was a disaster. In the Hall of Fame game, he wanted that more than Peterson probably because Peterson had just coached the Eagles. He'd won a Super Bowl. He doesn't care about it as much. McDaniels has a lot to prove. He's got that chip on his shoulder. Eberflus wants to get off to a good start as, as his head coaching tenure. It doesn't matter that's preseason. Of course not. But you got young guys who are ready to eat. The Chiefs are already established. So I went with the Bears on the money line. Well, guess what? Talk about movements. This one was ginormous. Now the Chiefs are a one and a half point favorite. It went from the Bears minus three and a half 
to Kansas City minus one and a half at Bet Rivers. The Chiefs minus 113. The Bears are minus 108 on the money line. Total up to 37 and a half. I'm trying to find what the reps are going to look like for Kansas City. I haven't really seen it, but I guess the movement would really be for the fact that the Bears starters are going to get anywhere from 10 to 20 plays, is what Eberflus said. But apparently, as we know, um, Byron Pringle is not going to play, and Keel Harry getting surgery. He'll be out for like eight weeks, unfortunately. David Moore is out. Vellis Jones Jr., Cole Komet, David Montgomery are not expected to play. But you'll get Sharp, Coulter, Newsome, Daz Newsome, Dante Pettis, Kevin Shaw to make a move for their final roster spots themselves. So, <laughs> I mean, you still got some guys competing, of course, and there's always going to be guys competing. There's going to be guys competing for the Chiefs. But do you still give enough of an advantage to the Bears? Well, you got Simeon, and you got Peterman, and you got Henny as the backup for the Chiefs with two other guys who I don't even know slash can't really pronounce their names. So you're getting a lot better value on the Bears if you like them now than me laying minus 165 because now you're getting minus 108. So if you're patient, good for you. You're smart. Now you can attack. However, if you liked Kansas City, of course, then on that side of the coin, you missed the best number for them. I still give the Bears the nod because of the Eberflu situation and because Justin Fields is probably going to try to make some magic happen right away. And the Bears have some good backup quarterbacks. So forget about the line movement. I'm just kidding. You got to respect the line movement. But I am sitting on my Bears ticket, and that's the way it goes sometimes. You miss the best number. So maybe in preseason, lesson learned, have a little bit of patience until you fully know what you can expect. But I'll still be sweating it out. So be it. I paid it. Hopefully it comes as a winner. If not, lesson learned. That's sports betting, folks. The other game that I did bet... That is still looking fine. If you take it to Saturday, 6 p.m. Central Time, the Steelers and the Seahawks. Pittsburgh now up to a three and a half point favorite. They're also minus 180 on the money line. Seattle's plus 145. Total has moved up from 35 to 36 and a half. I believe that's where it opened, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 35 up to 36 and a half. We talked about this the other day, but. I bet the over. I bet over 35.5 for Pittsburgh and Seattle. Now it's up to 36 in the hook. Look, if you don't mind missing it a little bit, I would still entertain the over. 20-17 to 17 gets you there. The reason I like the over is because you have really five quarterbacks competing here. You got Geno Smith taking the first team reps for the Seahawks. Drew Locke in competition at the second string spot. You got Easton as their third string, but he's going to remain there. So two guys on the side of Seattle who are really going to want to showcase their offensive talent. Score as many points as possible against the Steelers defense that's already established and doesn't need to be playing out there. As for Pittsburgh, well, you got Trubisky in the one slot, Rudolph in the two slot, and Kenny Pickett in the three slot. Trubisky needs to prove he can be a starter. Rudolph is still just going to fight for any inch he can get. And Kenny Pickett, an unproven rookie, wants to show that you drafted me for a reason, make me the starter. The Steelers are set up nicely with their preseason quarterback crew. That's why the Lions move from them as a three-point favorite to three and a half. But more importantly, because both sides could spark some offense, I pulled the trigger on over 35 and a half. 
would still entertain it at 36 and a half. I'm thinking this could be one of the higher scoring preseason games because of the quarterbacks that are featured and because what they need to display out there. So those are my two plays I'm sweating out for preseason. Not feeling as is strong about the Bears now, but hey, I think situationally you could still make a case for him, and I still like him despite the line movement. Eberflus wants to make a statement. You may think it's ridiculous. You may think it's dumb. It's preseason, but those type of narratives do matter. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, 21-0 in his first game, some ridiculous stat like that. It actually matters to some people, and new head coaches that need to turn a franchise around Starting off hot and strong, even in preseason, does make a difference. So that's what I got for preseason thus far. Let me know if you're betting anything throughout NFL preseason. At Danny Burke Fiverr, you can follow on Twitter. You can reach out on Twitter or via email if that's your preferred method, dburke at vsin.com. That's going to do it for another edition of the CityCast. Make sure you're tuning into Rush Hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Should be a good show leading you into your weekend. Looking forward to it because we got some solid guests hopping on as well. We'll be talking with Pam Maldonado. If you know her, she works with Yahoo Sports. She's a sports betting analyst and does excellent coverage with college football for pretty much every conference. So looking forward to talking with her again. And as we're getting closer to the season, we'll see what other plays she's tacked on. And then we'll talk with VEASAN's very own Mike Pritchard, former NFL receiver and current VEASAN host. Pritch, man, I love talking with him. He's got the knowledge and experience from obviously playing both in college and the National Football League. And now he's tied it in from the betting perspective. What more could you want, folks? Make sure you tune in 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo TV, Orsling TV, the YouTube TV app, and uh, the Xfinity app, and wherever you get your podcasts with iHeartRadio. And don't forget, baby, the Marquee Sports Network, we've got you set up. No Cubs game today. That means your boy will be on, so make sure you tune in then. Alrighty, enjoy your weekend, folks. Best of luck with your plays. We'll catch up again on Monday.